Hey guys, welcome to the Jungle Brothers podcast. It's Joey and Paul. Good morning. And we're down in Botany and we're recording with a good friend of ours, Melanie Corlett. Mel, how you doing? Hey, I'm good guys. Thanks for having me. Absolute pleasure. Uh, this is our first episode. We'll tell them Mel earlier. This is our first episode where we've had a guest coming in from um, uh, the internet. Um, <laughs> lockdown has presented some, uh, some uh, you know, unusual circumstances. But so it's really cool that we've been able to get Mel on because she was going to be here at the gym, but instead she's tuned in from another part of town. Um, Mel, I want to give a little intro for the folks as to how I know you, and then maybe you could like correct any mistakes or you know change perspectives based because I only know you really from from one part of your life, which is being a fellow gym owner. Yeah, we met we met through a business community that we were all part of, um, which I remember was a largely male dominated group. You were one of the only females in that group, um, and. And you're a gym owner. You had a gym in Paddington, uh, Women of Train. Is that right? Yep. Uh, which was a female-only gym. And that was kind of revolutionary to me. I, I think that's still kind of a little bit revolutionary to have a, 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 any, uh, maybe a business, but a gym that's only for, for women is, is quite a unique thing. Um, and we would get together. You and I hung out. We hung out with some other gym owner friends and we would catch up maybe once a month or and, and, and have breakfast and talk about business. And I really, it was great. I really enjoyed that. I miss now that we don't have that um, because you can fill this in later, but you no longer own a gym because you've moved to a new thing. Um, but yeah, so if you were always someone that I knew, a uh, really good business owner, very ambitious, also crazy fucking strong. <laughs> I don't mean that. It feels like a past life now, but yeah, <laughs> in my prime. And I don't even mean that in like a uh, esoteric sense. You could, you could squat and deadlift real heavy. And I was like, damn, that girl squats like way more than I could ever imagine myself squatting, um, <laughs> which is just a cool thing. I'm going to get you to tell us your numbers shortly. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, and then now here we are today. You no longer own a gym, but we still have a bit of a connection. And I, it was really, it was really it was, I'm excited to have you on the show because I think there's some interesting discussion around entrepreneurialism and motherhood and just the hurdles therein and the mindset and all that stuff. And for me, um, you know, I've got my boy Leo, he's, he's six months. And so I've seen what, what my partner Misa is going through and going through, it's not like not been terrifying or anything, but it's been a journey for her and it continues to be. So Paulie got like 17 kids now. <laughs> Three. <laughs> Three. Great. You know, Tasha's going, Tasha, yeah, I say it. That's yeah. a lot these days, bro. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I think there's a lot of relevance to, to our lives, but also to, to the people that listen. So it's, it would be a pleasure to pick your brain on all that. Oh, I'm so honored to be here. I was so excited when you asked me. I was like, of course, I'd love to sit down and chat with you guys. Been, um, yeah, we've had a lot in com common over the last couple of years. And now we've also got parenthood in common, which is really exciting. Tell us, um, can you give us a little walkthrough of, of sort of your your business life and, and, you know, coming to own a gym and then moving out of that and, and just maybe, you know, give us a, a bit of context about what you're doing now. Yeah, sure. Um, how far back do you want me to go? You're going to start like pre-gym, like what led me to that? And then we can kind of go down where I am now or should we just start yeah. with gym? No, no. Yeah. Jim, we got, we're in no rush. <laughs> All right. Well, um, I did actually start my career in investment banking. So I worked, um, that's what I studied. I studied finance. Um, back in Montreal, which is where I'm from, from Canada. Um, and I always thought I wanted to go into banking. Um, I love numbers. I loved finance. Um, I was obsessed with business. So I was like, 
investment banking, which is basically the study of businesses. I'm going to go and, and I'm going to work in there and um, started working in there and uh, started working in that industry. And it's, um, it's, it's miserable. Like it's really, it really kind of rips your soul out a little bit. And unless you find companies and they do exist, um, which do things a little bit differently, um, the traditional culture of investment banking does kind of, um, you know, toss you around and spit you out a little bit. So I um, went on a, you know, did the whole breakup with my boyfriend who got here as like far away from the world as I could get or far away from Canada as I could get being Australia and came out here, which was meant to be, you know, just six month, six month stint and quit my job and wanted to get out of banking and just like reassess my life. Um, came here, met my now husband a couple months after I was here. Um, I think I've been here almost eight and a half years now, which is kind of funny. Um, almost giving my mom a heart attack, I reckon, with that one. But uh, that's been a wild ride. And, and he is heavily involved in fitness. Um, and he really got me into, um, I'd always been involved, um, interested in fitness. Actually, one of my very first businesses that I started was um, a personal training business um, just out of my college gym back in Montreal that I started. And I trained predominantly women there. And I loved it. It was um, one of my favorite jobs. Um, and I did that for about two years and it paid my way through uni and it was a great time. But when I came here, you know, you kind of get into working life and as I'm sure you guys see with some people who come through your gym, you know, you just kind of lose touch with that part of your life. So I had, and got reintroduced to it, um, by Hamish and he was doing CrossFit at the time. And it was my first experience with strength training and actually, putting some weight on the bar and getting off the treadmill and like using my body in more of a functional way. And I loved it. It's, it's my gosh, it's, you know, it's addictive almost. Um, and it really changes the way you see your body and changes the way you view fitness. You're like, well, this can actually be a fun thing. It doesn't have to be a task. Um, so got heavily into fitness um, with him and oh, it's probably maybe two years later that I, you know, went through all the certifications and, you know, really dove in, went, went headfirst into, went headfirst into the fitness scene. And, um, you know, it was kind of around that time where I decided, okay, I'm going to live here. This is where I want to be. And, um, do I want to go back into finance or do I want to try something else? And I said, you know, let's, I think, I think I kind of want to open a gym. And, um, it's funny now because so naive thinking, you just open up a gym, you have this idea, it's kind of cool, you think you're a big deal, and you open up this gym and you're like, people will just come to it. I <laughs> <laughs> totally it worked out for us. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, I'll open the gym and people will just show up, right? That's how that, that's how that works. And um, it's definitely not how it works. So especially, you know, like, as you mentioned, I was, I wanted to open up a, a women's only gym, which I did and, and really introduced women to this concept of strength training and functional movement and how empowering it was. Like you'll have the same experience as me and it'll be awesome. Um, but it's an entirely new concept, entirely new brand, you know, similar to you guys, you know, we're not backpacking off someone else's idea, like an F45 or a CrossFit. It's like, this is a new concept and I have to educate people on what we do here. So um, I'm glad I had some you know, interest in business um, and that's ultimately what helped me get to a place of, you know, really falling in love with the business side of what I was doing and, you know, building that customer base and seeing it grow and 
know, bringing staff on and figuring out who I wanted to be as, as a leader within that business and how I wanted to empower other people within that business. So that was just an amazing experience. Um, and I think definitely one I needed to have to then get me to um, my next kind of adventure, my next, you know, business venture, which is now Mumly, which is nothing to do with fitness and um, a tech startup, which is kind of funny when I say <laughs> to be honest. Um, but yeah, it's completely been something that has taken me by surprise. And uh, that started out at the end of 2019. Um, I started, you know, thinking, how can we bring this online? And how can I start doing more to help women? Um, and we were working with a lot of pregnant women and women going through pregnancy and birth. And I was like, I've got to do something around this space um, to help out moms and started doing some focus groups and just really listening to what moms needed. Um, and initially I thought maybe I'd open, uh, start something in the fitness space, but make it more online. And then the more research we did, the more I was like, no, actually, I think that, um, the problem I'm trying to solve is a lot bigger. There's a lot more opportunity here. Um, I don't want to just pigeonhole myself in, in the fitness space. I actually think, um, I want to go a bit broader. Um, and yeah, that's, where Mumley was born and now it's been I can't believe it's been almost two years I've been working on it um but that led me to selling the gym um which was timely um because COVID hit kind of right as that was happening and yeah I've been full-time full-time here for about two years now that was a long rant (laughs) there's a lot there's a lot jammed into that is Mumley is Mumley available now or is it is it pre-launch so we're still pre-launch we'll be going into a what's called like a soft launch so still kind of a closed beta um at the end of september so that would be like an invite only beta um so we're just working on getting people on for a wait list now um seeing what kind of interest there is out there and and then we'll launch in a soft beta and we'll be in that probably for about four months and then we'll go into like a hard launch um, where it'll be open on um, all the app stores. You don't have to have an invite or anything. Um, Q1 of next year. Q1 of next year. Quarter one. Yeah. Business talk. Yes. Yeah. Sorry. So somewhere between, I'm anticipating probably Feb, March next year. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, we'll have a scan over the website earlier. And it's, I mean, it looks, it, it looks extremely well packaged up and I mean, it's obviously not for me, but even still, I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting. <laughs> like, oh, what are the blog posts and what are you talking about here? And yeah, it looks, uh, I'm, I'm excited to see what that becomes. Oh, thanks. Yeah. It's been, um, it's been a lot of work. Um, and the team that we have is, they're awesome. Um, a lot of women, a lot of moms, um, on the team, which has been really cool. And yeah, it's, it's been a much bigger project than I ever anticipated. Um, if you told me a couple of years ago, this is what I was, <laughs> this is what I'd be doing. I don't know if I'd believe you, but it's turned into like a monster of a project, but it's been really, it's been really exciting and really, really fun. I feel really privileged that I get to experience this actually. Tell us about your, like you're a mom. Give it, tell us where you're at with that. I know uh, pretty close, something incoming. <laughs> yeah. So I have a daughter, um, Emmy. She is, she's going to be three in a couple days. So she'll be three on Monday, which is wild. I can't believe it's been three years. Cause I remember we used to do our monthly gym owner catch-ups when I was, you know, before I was pregnant and then during my whole pregnancy with her. Um, 
and now I have a little boy. He's due in uh, September. So I'm 34 weeks today, actually. So yeah, that's been, it's been a wild ride. Hey, babies are the making baby business is a lot of work. It's, I always kind of say I have two jobs, uh, you know, um, two full-time jobs. <laughs> uh, that's really how it feels most days. So I, I, I see a, a common thread there and I, tell me if this is intentional or not, but like you're the, when, you know, you were at a, a place where training was a huge emphasis for you and that was when you operated a gym. And then as you stepped into, to, you know, the motherhood role, there was an evolution there. And now the business is something that is uh, exclusively, well, you know, targeted towards mums. Was that intentional or is that just kind of how it's worked out? I mean, I think it's, I do think that we gravitate towards the things that we feel, you know, extremely passionate about. And, and we go through these different, you know, seasons of our life where things become extremely relevant and we get, you know, totally immersed in, in certain aspects or experiences in life. Um, so I don't think it's a, it's a surprise that, you know, I became a mom and then all of a sudden these, you know, these realities that you never really knew existed before, you know, are kind of, you know, splash in your face and you're like, wow, this is what it is to be a mom. And there's a lot of things here that can be improved. <laughs> there's a lot of things that can be better about this experience. And um, I think that's just kind of how my brain works naturally. Like I, I've always been a problem solver. I've always been, you know, where, where are the inefficiencies and how do we make things better and how do we improve it? And um, I'm sure as you guys, you know, both relate um, being dads and having partners and, you know, experiencing what it's like to go through parenthood firsthand. There's a lot of things that you're like, this definitely be improved. And like, why does it have to be so hard? <laughs> so yeah, that's kind of where it came from. What are some of those things for you? Like looking at it as, as you know, a problem solver, what are the, where do you see, because Paul and I were having this larger conversation earlier that sort of comes up a lot, um, which is about this sort of um, parenting and, and, and fatherhood and motherhood now in this modern life and how kind of divorced it is from what it would have been for so long through our evolution, right? When we were, we were living in a much different sort of scenario. Um, what do you see as, as those main kind of things that need improvement? Yeah. I mean, the way I kind of look at it is there's definitely a practical element of, of things that are just more difficult. I think in 2021 from a practical standpoint being, you know, there's, ne there's no um, like lack of information now. It's almost like we have too much information and, and things are too accessible. And it's almost like, how do you, you know, cipher through what's relevant? How do you figure out what speaks to you and what resonates with you? You know, and, and with all of that information comes just like a shitload of judgment and, and shaming and polarization. And it's much harder to just parent intuitively, I find. Um, and that's one of the things that our platform really wants to bring to bring back to moms is the power to choose what information you get served um how is it served to you um making sure that you know people don't end up on page 26 on google at three o'clock in the morning just, <laughs> you know not even sure what they're doing there and, and what they're looking for they're just kind of they want to feel like they're doing a good job by their kids so there's you know a practical sense of we're very um isolated now i think in our parenting experiences we don't have that communal aspect of, of parenting that we used to have and on top of that you know as opposed to being able to talk to 
you know, your, your sisters and, and your, your friends who are going through parenthood, it, it's not, there isn't like that connection as much anymore. Um, there isn't that like matriarchal wisdom that's kind of passed down through generations. You're kind of just like, shit, I'm a mom now. Like, what do I do? Sorry, I should have asked. It's faring okay on your podcast. <laughs> Encouraged. Fuck yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> awesome. Um, so yeah, like you kind of just get thrown into this and you're like, oh my gosh, like I'm responsible for keeping a human alive and you have all these, you know, different things that you have to do. And then all of a sudden you're also like, who am I now? And I'm totally not prepared for this. And it's a complete identity shift. And you almost feel like, you know, you're grieving this other person that you just kind of said goodbye to quite suddenly. Um, and you're this, you, you know, you know, making babies isn't, it's not just about making babies, right? This whole process is about making moms and um, you get birthed into this new identity. And, and a lot of times I find it, it's quite shocking. And that was my experience. Um, so yeah, there's that, that, that practical aspect of it. But then I think there's like a societal um, aspect of it as well, which comes, which isn't as, you know, tangible, um, not so, um, you know, quantitative, but very, very much like the expectations that society puts on you and how you feel you should be as a mom and how you, you know, the things you think you should be doing by your daughter or, or your son or your family or as a partner. Um, and as a woman, I know um, a lot of that's been ingrained in you from the time you were a little girl. And, you know, it's your sole purpose to just kind of, you know, grow up and have a baby. And there isn't real much talk. There isn't much talk around, well, what do you do with, you know, if you want to have a career and what if you do, what do you do if you're interested in, in other things? And I find society doesn't really, um, the system doesn't really prepare women or little girls or, I mean, families as well. Like you would include men in that um, for this transition and how do we manage those expectations um, that we put on ourselves and then how do we actually also practically handle that transition? So yeah, those are the two ways I think about it. That was um, spot on. Like I, uh, I guess that you just basically spoke on a lot of things that, you know, between me and my, my wife, like have struggled with over the years. Um, yeah. Like the, the whole expectations thing, it's such a difficult thing to navigate through. Um, and as you said, like, becoming a mother and then the expectations of being a mother, but then being a woman after having parents, am I expected to have a career and, and carry on? And, and like you said about like uh, society and um, you know, what expectations are for you? Cause I don't know, some, some people are career minded and maybe some people always knew they were going to be a mother, but, and, and some can be kind of forced into the opposite thing. It's like, Oh, are you just, just going to be a mother? type of thing. So it's like, yeah. oh, you know, or are you going to be a, you know, a serving, um, you know, a uh, person who's working and building and evolving this, this nation and this economy by being whatever, being back involved in business and working, whatever. And then you've got, you know, the workers who might, might not want to have kids. It's so, it's such a tricky landscape, isn't it? Um, but yeah. I really like how you put, I, I see all those as, as the biggest problems. Hey, um, and then when it comes to uh, birthing and birth and you're saying about being unprepared, being unprepared for being a mother and for uh, being unprepared for, for, 
giving birth. I think there's like a big gap there for a lot of young women as totally. well. Totally. Oh yeah, we could go down that hole if you, oh, you want to, but yeah. Yeah. Um anyway, that's there was just a, a lot in there. But um you've been deep in it becoming a mom over the last three years. But then also the research part for your software sounds incredible. Um and I wanted to ask like um first like did you have how have you you've started this tech thing and you, you weren't in this field before. Have you educated yourself to do this? Are you learning the hard way? And then who have you surrounded yourself with? Like who's in your team and who's research? Like what does research look like? Yeah, no. That's a, questions. That's a fun question. No, I mean, yeah, it's, um, I had no idea uh, how to build an app. Um, you know, I think, I was extremely naive in terms of how difficult it actually is and, and everything that goes into it and the people that are involved. Uh, so I was really lucky early on to get introduced to some amazing people who still work with me and um, like specifically my engineering team who are, who are down in Melbourne and um, just managed to convince um, these two guys who, you know, bachelors <laughs> to come on board and, and help me work on this business for moms. <laughs> and they've been so passionate about it since we started, but they've, they've, um, they've helped me learn. And, and it's been quite a steep learning curve in terms of, you know, tech language and, and how apps work and, and what needs to go into building an app and all the different people and their different skill sets that you need to bring in. So it's been a process over the course of the last two years of building that team and finding the people that are the right um, fit culturally, but also just to have a certain skill set that you need with, with startups. Cause that is quite a specific, it's quite a unique flavor in the tech industry. It's, you know, a lot of people either gear towards more of those established tech businesses, whether it be like Atlassian or Canva, Google, Facebook, or some people have that desire to work in a startup atmosphere, which is a little bit more fast paced, agile, chaotic, um, really fun, but so unpredictable um, and unstructured. But I will say like there are a lot of things that do, um, that are really similar to running a gym in terms of, you know, how you lead in a business and how you um, manage a team and, and how you, you know, build that, that culture um, around the vision of your business. Like it's, it's all really similar regardless of of the, the size and, and how many people you have working for you. That's still been the most important thing. And it, and it still is like in, in the business that like within Mumley now, um, in terms of research, that's a great question. So it, it really didn't, this wasn't intentional and I can't take credit for, you know, having this, <laughs> this vision, you know, and, and having, um, having the insight to do it this way. But I think a lot of moms were sick of being told what to do or what they needed. And I think a lot of big brands and a lot of big tech companies are run by men. Um, and that's not to say men have no idea what, what women need or what moms need. But I think in large part, women just wanted someone to ask them, um, what do you need? What's going on? What are you struggling with? Um, so we spent a lot of time listening and asking questions, like two years worth of time. We still do that. Um, and it's really just sitting down and being like, what's your biggest struggle? What keeps you up at night? Like what would, you know, if you had a magic wand, what would be three wishes that would make this easier for you? Um, and our product has evolved a lot over the course of the two years because we've, we've been able to be agile and, and change and, and adapt to what moms tell us they need. But, um, 
the research process of um, has been one of my favorite parts. It's been really interesting and really fun. So we have we do have a team who who does do that with us, and we do it internally and and externally. But um, yeah, that's been really cool. Yeah, um, something like that complex. I mean, it would just grow. I I'd imagine, um, you know. I saw the the uh, the website, and I could see this. It would have just kept growing. The more problems that needed solving, and I mean, the development process would just have to keep adding more and adding more. And to to let you know, we're also building an app for for our gym. Um, so we've we've also had um, some of the growing pains, of, you know, to learn how to, <laughs> how to do this the same way you described. Um, and it's tough. You think it's going to look like one thing. And then as you come up with a problem, um, it just keeps adding on. And we thought it will be all done in six months. And here we are, you know, oh my gosh. 14 months later type of thing. But um, I can't imagine something like this. It's so complicated. And uh, not only just trying to solve the problems, but then how do you present it in a way that's really effective um, and intuitive to use from your phone and then organize the community in there. Then how do you, how do you, I can't imagine uh, um, you, you would have spent hours chatting to people, but the conversations would have been amazing. Yeah, it's been really fun, actually. Um, lots of really cool conversations. We've gone through like three different iterations of the app, three different designs, um, like completely, literally like ripped it apart and started things from scratch um, like three different times, which has been exhausting, but man, so many learnings. Um, and over the course of the last two years, um, I've been really lucky to attract some really cool and, and really talented people, um, to the team. And, you know, there's that funny quote that always says like, oh, if you're the smartest person in the room, you need to find another room. I have like never felt so humbled in my life <laughs> in the rooms that I've been in over the course of the last couple months to the point where I'm like, should I even be in this room? <laughs> um but yeah it's been it, it's been really fun to be honest to learn and grow and, and be in those pressure types of situations and, and I do think um they aren't for everyone they like they are a bit of an acquired taste but they're definitely exactly kind of what I love and um yeah it's been well you guys would experience building an app um it is really difficult and you have to have a lot of really hard tedious conversations about the flow of this click into this screen and what happens here. And there's so many different use cases and I've never had so much respect for, you know, simple, elegant apps like Instagram where you're like, there's actually so much that goes into this that people don't realize. Uh, but yeah, I love it. Mel, can you talk on the, um, one of the, one of the things that I, that I always think about with talking about motherhood and uh, the, 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 the issues that come up when there's a lot of, discussions around gender equality and those kinds of things. And one of the things that always sort of sits in my mind is that as guys, you never have to really consider that your career ambitions or your path towards success or whatever this thing we're all chasing is going to be disrupted by something disrupted or diverted or, you know, however you want to put it, not to put it in it, you know, it's, it is what it is as a, as, as a female and as someone who has ambitions and is, you know, you've, you've had the gym, and then I'm guessing at some point you're like, well, yeah, I probably want to have a kid or I don't know, maybe it was a surprise, but you know, the, the, that thing gets railroaded and it's like, oh shit, this is what I'm doing now. 
and, and, you know, Emmy's about to turn three, you got a new one on the way. How do you like, how do you see that? How do you reconcile being ambitious, but then also wanting to be an ambitious mum and be really good at that and, and, and the business aspirations? Yeah, no, that's a great question. Um, I constantly feel pulled in, in both directions. I never feel like I'm fully showing up a hundred percent in either one. Um, which is something I think I've struggled with emotionally and mentally over the course of the last three years, really. It's when I did have Emmy, I gave myself the opportunity to just figure out, you know, maybe you do want a mom full time. Maybe that's what you love and that's what you you feel most passionately about. And if that is what you really want to do, then, you know, I wanted to give myself the opportunity to explore that as a possibility. Um, and it turns out that there are other things that were you know, tugging at me that I, I found myself wanting to explore for, for myself and, and my own, you know, personal ambitions. Um, and that turned out to be, I want to also have a career. And, and there are some things that I really want to do here um, as Mel, the individual, um, um, outside of Mel as a mom. So the result of that is, yeah, I never feel like I'm giving 100% to my business. I also feel like I'm never giving 100% to my daughter. Um, and that's a real shit feeling to be honest. And sometimes that results in me feeling really pissed off <laughs> at the way that things are structured because I'll have conversations, you know, with other, you know, with, with men about it and I'll be like, do you feel this way? You know, who, who have kids and they're like, no, not really. I don't feel like I'm, you know, having to choose or I don't feel like I'm kind of torn in that same way. So sometimes like you end up being a bit like, oh, you know, I wish it wasn't hammered into my head from a kid from when I was a kid that I had to choose or I had to make the choice or there was a point in time where it was going to be a matter of, all right, well, you've worked hard at your career up to this age, but now you're a mom and now that's what you do. Um, and I wish there wasn't this, you know, like we were talking about before, Polly, like this expectation of, well, you know, I, I guess that's what I have to do. Um, and it's hard, but part of what does motivate me at the end of the day is knowing that I want to be able to show my daughter that when she wants to have kids, she doesn't have to make that choice between being a mom and, and giving up on some of the things that she might want to achieve on a personal level. Um, and that's really important to me. And um, I think every woman should have that opportunity, but how that happens, you know, I, I have this thing within our organization within Mumley where it's like, you can't just come to me with problems. You have to come to me with solutions, you know? And I feel like this one, I'm a bit contradictory because I feel like I just have problems. <laughs> I don't have the solutions necessarily, or if they are solutions, they're very big, like systemic solutions um, that are very hard to achieve. But yeah, does that kind of answer your question? It does. I think what I take away from that is that there's an acknowledgement that like the sacrifice is if you want to have those two things that, that like you saying, I'm not showing up a hundred percent in either of them obviously shows that you have high expectations of yourself, but it's also like an acknowledgement that like, Hey, if you, if you do want to do these multiple things that both require a lot of energy, it does mean compromise to an extent, but, but you, you also can't say that putting time into developing Mel and what's important for you is also not going to benefit Mel as a mum. So it's like, well, maybe it takes away from literal hours that you could spend with your daughter face to face each week. 
but it also gives back to you in another way, which allows you to, to be better for her. So it's, it's, it's not, it's, it's not binary, is it? It's kind of like this whole mash of what it takes for, for you to feel fulfilled. Yeah, definitely. And I think that there are synergies that are created like between the two of them that are immeasurable and often, you know, go unacknowledged. But I think that's a really good point in that I feel like I'm a better mom because I am doing this, you know, that because I do have mumly, because I am pursuing the things that I want to pursue on an individual level. Um, I, I definitely think I'm a better mom because of it. And I also think that I'm better for my business because I am a mom and that just makes you efficient as anything. Um, <laughs> and it means that the time that you are at work, you're like, you're so on and you're so focused and you're so in like, you know, you just get shit done. Um, so the whole kind of being torn and not feeling like I'm giving a hundred percent either camp is probably, you know, to be honest, it's probably a lot in my own head. And, and just as you said, based on the pressures or expectations that I put on myself. Um, but yeah, I think that's a really good point. I think there are definitely some, some synergies there. I, I agree. Yeah. Good point. So you, you're better, you're better for your, for Emmy because of what you're doing. You know, I, I share what you said as, as a father, because it's the same for parents, but not everyone feels that like the guilt, because I'm definitely not a hundred percent at this business or, or at home. And I, I really, you're always trying to, I'm always trying to, um, trying to make up for one or the other, um, you know, on a week to week basis, whether it's, you know, put some extra hours in here at the gym late when I shouldn't or at home trying to just trying to compensate for the two. But the, the way that I reconcile it, the, you know, this is just my own point of view and part of my own personal philosophy is the, the simple lead by example thing, which I was taught when I was really young. Um, and it's just the idea that um, what, what I'm doing is going to speak louder. I'm not really great at, uh, at preaching my point of view, but my way of, you know, affecting the world is by doing what I'm saying. So when people see that I'm being healthy, I'm, I'm not great at preaching health. Then eventually if I'm consistent enough, people will start to see that, Oh, that's the change that you can see, etc. And um, the, with the, with the parenting thing. And I, and I have seen cases of, of friends and people that I know who, um, have dedicated all of their time to the kid, which is a great thing. It's like, if you have the means to be able to and be full time, that's great. But I, my, the way I think about the work thing is like, especially if you like kind of my background where my family wasn't in business um, and I'm like the first one to have a business type of thing. I, I, I'm coming, I'm trying to, I spend my time at home, but I'm also there building something so I can show them what they can do. You know what I mean? So I'm trying to change. I'm out here doing this so they can see it's possible, you know, because um, they don't necessarily have those possibilities in there. You know, that, anyway, that's how I kind of see it. Like we have to go out there because if you say like hypothetically just became the parent and obviously there's open to any opinions um, and you just became a parent to them all the time. I mean, we don't have to hunt for food and we don't have to defend our house anymore. So what is it that I would be doing with that time? You know, I need to show them the new territory of hunting, which is like, well, this is how you go and navigate the world and build yeah. something that you believe in and stand up for that type of thing. It's, that's kind of how I see what we're doing, what you're doing is, um, is showing, you know, Emmy what she could do. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's such a good point. And 
I love the, um, you know, do what you say um, sort of concept and mm-hmm. like, you know, living your truth and, and really, yeah, just making sure that you stay true to your values in, in terms of how you conduct yourself in life. And obviously being healthy is a huge it's a huge thing for, for us and our family. Um, and as you guys, you know, that would be a, a huge kind of family value for you as well. And, and that's something that you demonstrate to your kids, right? That's something that's like, this is how we're leading by example. And we're showing you that this is something that we value in this family. And um, my kids take that all in. I think as well, an important part, um, an, important, an important point to make um, that, you know, has really meant that I can do the things that I want to do is having a partner who is aligned with those values as well and i do find it it is an it is a systemic issue because it's not just you know women that have had these roles hammered into them at such a young age but it's also been men you know and and like little boys being like you know you have to go out and you know support your family and provide and protect and you know all of these like really macho sort of things that i don't no, if they, you know, that would be a really hard narrative to grow up and, and have those expectations as a dad and a father as well. So I think that there is this, this massive, like big systemic problem in terms of like, you know, what's ingrained in women and men at really young ages. But I think we can change that at the family level and, and just by leading through, as you said, Polly, leading by example and having, a, you know, a partner and, and a husband who's says your goals are just and your dreams and the things you want to do for you in your life are just as important as mine and why should I have the right to go and pursue the things that I want to do and you're just expected to take take on the brunt of of raising our children and having someone advocate and stand up for um, the things that you want to do as an individual is really important and having you know that relationship with your partner for me anyway has meant that I feel um, I feel more encouraged and empowered and motivated to do it as well. But I think that that also will enable Emmy to pick a partner and choose someone who supports her and will lift her up in these circumstances, not say, well, you're a mom now and this is what moms do. You know what I mean? I do. I'm, as you're speaking, I'm flashing back to some awkward conversations that I have with my wife. <laughs> <laughs> hard just it's, yeah, it's, it would, two people are, are trying to, pursue things yeah, and you've got a shared pursuit, which is, you know, the raising of the kids. It's, it's tough. Yeah. Um, and it's, and, and as you said, I truly believe you have to, well, you don't have to, but it starts with the relationship between the two people and coming to some sort of agreement on, you know, we're going to agree that this is our common thing and we, we both want same thing, which is a happy family, healthy kids who have X and Y, you know, and they know the difference between right or wrong. And then being like, how do we navigate what you and I are doing for that shared goal? It's just tricky. It is. It's really tricky. It's really hard. And it's meant that, you know, he's had to make changes to how he runs his life. Mm. And I think that's been, he's been like, you know, totally on board, but um, it's been quite confronting for some of the other people in his life who, um, you know, don't make those decisions or haven't really thought about making those decisions for their family. And, and it's been interesting to see, because even for me, it's like, Oh, I don't know, like, should you do that? Or, or should you sacrifice that? And he kind of comes from the angle being like, of course, it's just part of, you know, being, being part of this team and, and this partnership. And it's like, you know, you're sacrificing so much and you basically had to put, you know, like a two year pause on the things that you wanted to do and not just, you know, 
from a career standpoint, but your body and your health and everything that you've gone through on that, on that side of things. Um, of course, like, you know, I'll start taking calls at this time instead of this time, or of course I'll come home at this time instead of this time. And, you know, it's, it's hard because even for myself, sometimes like you fight these like societal norms or expectations of, no, I should be, you know, the nice, quiet wife that's, you know, supportive and I have dinner ready and I cook and, um, it's taken a lot of time to, oh, like almost undo that wiring and undo that way of thinking and say, you know, no, I have every right to show up at, you know, 6 p.m. and he's prepared dinner and I have every right to have an early call in the morning and he can look after me at breakfast and I have every right to these things. Why should he have more than me, you know, and having him push that and, and really be supportive of that narrative um has meant that this has been able to happen in a much easier way but i can see in a lot of other relationships where like these things happen on a real subconscious level um that people just kind of get stuck Mm. yeah i can speak from my recent experience that it's like i try to be extremely mindful of that whole dynamic of me being you know able to go out and work every day and misa being at home with leo and 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 hattie and looking after them but it's very easy to slip into some kind of subconscious kind of thing where you just rely on them to look after the kid. You know, it's just like, it's just, and, and, and then you start in a way you can take it for granted. Like it's very easy to take it for granted and then be like, Oh, but I got to go. I got, you know, I got whatever PT sessions. I got a meeting. I'm so, you know, peace out. Um, then you're like, fuck, I'm just, I'm just like falling back on this kind of expectation that, she doesn't have anything she wants to do today, you know? Um, so I find myself coming back to them like, no, fuck you. You have to, it's almost like um, you have to kind of, uh, I don't know, try and keep it front of mind that there is a bit of a privilege playing out there and whether or not you behave differently, like whether or not you choose to take on different roles, it still has to be something you talk about and acknowledge so that everyone feels kind of cool with where they're at. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's on, I mean, it's a, I can definitely relate. And I think a lot of that comes from like people taking, you know, the men taking initiative and being aware and, and having it be front of mind. But I also think that there is an element of like, women need to start advocating for what they actually fucking want. Because <laughs> I do think a lot of it happens, like you just kind of enable certain patterns to establish and then you get, you know, five, six, 10 years down the line and like you just have this life crisis or women do anyway because they're like who am I now that my kids are older or everyone's in school and what do I do with myself and I never really advocated for things that I wanted to do while I was raising kids and and now I'm kind of stuck and maybe even a bit resentful you know so I think that it is on both parties to speak up in terms of what their needs are and be able to have that relationship where you can say like actually like I need a break for this is what, you know, or this is what I want to achieve today, or this is what I want to achieve this year and have those conversations. And um, I know that's really helped me, but yeah, navigating this space is really, you know, there's no manual um, and it's really hard and it, and it is really individual, but I think we do, as you said, Joey, like have a tendency to kind of fall into these, these buckets or, or these roles just kind of naturally because it is so subconscious and involuntary that you almost need to be super hyper aware of hyper aware of them in order to kind of break those patterns and avoid that 
long-term sense of resentment and, and unfulfillment? Well, it's so busy at that point in your life. One, two, three, one to however many kids you have, just one. It's so busy. And that's why I think things, you just keep carrying on. And you said that magic word, resent is a motherfucker. I find for parents <laughs> because you're so busy and you, you got to get on like, you know, doesn't matter what you've got going on. Their schedule is constant every day, the wake up, the changing. And uh, I feel like resent is one of those ones that just grows like a cancer because uh, you're just trying to carry on. So it's, it's, it's a real dangerous one. And, you know, thankfully we will get, to, we'll always get to a point where things just, there's just that energy builds up for whatever mm-hmm. reason. And then it comes out and then we have a thing and then we acknowledge it, as you said, Joe, um, and then, you know, everything's released again, resets, somewhat. resets. but yeah. because it's so busy, it, it'll, it'll end up coming back up. I mean, the more you do it, the more you can, hopefully you recognize the pattern a little earlier, or at least you can heal a little quicker after that, that long night where you're talking for four hours with tears and then you, you know, <laughs> you, yeah. yeah, but, um, yeah, it's a, it's a motherfucker. <laughs> Sorry, could you this talk is for the on, parents, not the kids, this podcast, <laughs> so it's all right. <laughs> could you talk on the, um, I'm thinking like, so when back to, on that ambition piece and like, say you're early twenties, mid twenties, whatever age, let's say mid thirties and you're, and you're, you're looking down this, this pathway of like, I want to, I want to achieve these things in my life. And I'm, I'm in a job or I'm, I'm transitioning into a job that I'm really excited by. And then you've also got this thing in the back of your head, maybe like, oh, I want to start a family someday and do all that. Does, does that thing in the back of the head detract from your ability? Like how does that affect your ability or your desire to be ambitious and go for your goals in the present? Yeah, that's an interesting one. I mean, there was a large, there was a, to be honest, there was, a big chunk of my life where I didn't think I was going to have kids because I felt so ambitious and the things that I wanted to do career-wise, um, whether it be banking or, or starting my own business, there was a period of time where I was like, I just, I don't think I'm going to be able um, because I know that if I have kids, I'm going to want to be a, a real present mom. I'm going to want to be, you know, all in when it comes to parenting. But I also like have these really big dreams and, and things that I want to do as an individual. And I just couldn't, I couldn't figure out how you make that work. You know, just conceptually, I was like, I don't think this adds up. Um, and I know for me, I, I can't speak for, for other women, but I know for me, like the real magic bullet and, and in terms of what changed my mind was really meeting my partner and, and meeting someone who I felt like, you know what? Okay. I could, I could have both here. Um, because I have someone who is really supportive and actually wants to co-parent because I think in my head, the way I was thinking about it, you know, previously, like whether it be in my early twenties or whatever it might be, it was like, if we decide to have kids, it will be me. You know, I will be the one looking after the children. I will be the one raising the baby. I will be the one up at, you know, the middle of the night. And it is a bit of a flawed construct because I think dads are becoming, you know, increasingly more involved in, and you know, more of a partner in parenting and, you know, meeting, meeting Hamish and obviously being with him and establishing that relationship and learning about him was really what changed my mind. And, um, I will say though, 
kind of to your point, Polly, like you just kind of figure it out. You just kind of like find a way to make it work. And it's just kind of like everything is so busy and it happens so quickly and there's so much going on. But I mean, if I could go back and talk to, you know, 20 year old me or 25 year old me who has like, you know, goals of working in investment banking and, you know, providing for my whole family and doing all this stuff, I would say like, you'll figure it out. It'll be okay. But you've got to ultimately like advocate for what you want. Um, and then you'll make it work. Cause you know, I have friends of mine now who I have a, a good friend of mine and she is, um, you know, high up in a content, um, business, like works news corp. Like she's just an absolute machine. Like she's just boss woman. And she decided a couple of years ago, she wanted to have a kid, um, by herself. And she did, and she made it work and she's still climbing up the ladder and like kicking ass. And were things hard for her? For sure. You know, um, harder than not having kids. Absolutely. But could I say now that, um, you know, I was right to, to think that I had to give that up in my twenties. Um, no, I think I, I was, I was wrong in thinking that, but I do think that it is a very valid concern. Um, and I do think that it is something that a lot of women would be thinking about. Um, but yeah, I think you just you figure it out like anything else. Right. Yeah. And so it didn't, it didn't really, it didn't detract from your, your want to, to advance your career. Like it didn't slow you down with any of those things. It was like, no, I'm going to keep doing what I want to do. And then whatever Hamish popped up and then you're like, all right, now I'm going to do babies. <laughs> well, I guess in my mind, it was like, no, I'm going to actually choose me. I'm going to choose me and I'm going to choose my career. And unless something comes along that, you know, makes me believe that I could potentially do both, then I'll consider having kids. Um, and maybe that's extremely selfish, perhaps, but it, and that's kind of how it's been since. It's like, no, you know what, I'm going to continue to choose me. And there are certain things at the end of my life that I want to be able to say that I've done. Um, and having kids is, is one of them. Um, but there's also a whole bunch of other things. Uh, so yeah, I think it really just comes down to this whole concept of like choosing yourself and choosing the things that you want to do for you. Um, and I think that there are ways in some situations where, um, kids might detract from that. And maybe it isn't the right choice for people to have kids in that instance. And that like, far out, that's like a heavy thing to say, Hey, like, it's just, it's, and it's crazy that that's the reality, but I know for me personally, I was lucky enough to be sent down a path where I could have both, but I know for some other people, that's not necessarily the case. Yeah. I mean, obviously sort of as a, I guess as an, as an acknowledgement to a conversation like this, yeah, there, there are people that, that, that aren't in a position to do both. There are people that are unable to have children, right? Couple, yeah. Whatever. And, and, you know, and that's always like a, I guess something like that is, is acknowledged, but it's also outside of kind of what we're trying to get at here, you know, not um, to, be, to be respectful of those things. Um, yeah, I just see it as a, what I see as a, as a theme of sort of all this, you know, you said selfish a moment ago, like you said, maybe that was selfish of me, but like being selfish is kind of what we're getting at in a way. It's like finding out what you want and, and, and making that thing happen. And then, you know, even you saying advocating for what you need as a mum. That's like being selfish. Like, what do I need to, to be good at this role and to, you know, and I think that part of this, this guilt thing or this thing that we, um, this, um, I don't know, like a lot of what we're throwing around in parenthood is like, people aren't very good at being selfish sometimes. Like, so that so in, in, in behaving like that, they don't articulate what they want and then the communication falls apart and then, you know, problems arise, whether in the relationship or whatever in the business, you know, 
Oh yeah. Like motherhood martyrdom is probably one of my like biggest pet peeves. It's just, you know, thinking you have to sacrifice or give up or for whatever reason, like your desires or needs are less than, um, since you have become a mom, um, that's one of the major messages that we try to, that we're trying to break with Mumley. Um, but that's a huge thing that I think, you know, I know from generations past, it's just kind of been, you know, oh, my mom just sacrificed so much and my mom gave up so much for me. And it's almost like put on this pedestal. Um, if you, when you actually think about it, you're just like, that's kind of fucked up. You know, like <laughs> my mom, my mom had to give up all the things that she wanted to be. Um, and that would have been really hard for her. And that would have been, would have been a lot of grief there and like resentment and anger. And, you know, somehow we're putting this up on a pedestal. Like, thanks mom for just sacrificing all your personal dreams and aspirations and goals to be a mom to us. And then that gets passed down as some kind of like, sick rite of passage um so i think this whole yeah concept of martyrdom like you don't pick yourself anymore um you're not important anymore or you're not as important as you were other things are more important um really gets hammered into your brain and it does get labeled as things like selfish if you do start to you know advocate and speak up and actually have a point of view in terms of you know your needs as an individual um so yeah you know you can still see it's it's very much alive in my head still. Like, oh, maybe I am a bit selfish for advocating for what I want to do. But, you know, you know rationally that that's not true. Um, I was very irrational, a lot of these thoughts. And, but yeah, this, this whole concept of martyrdom um, in motherhood, very, yeah, not okay. No, I, I think it's, yeah, you could say that it's, Oh, I don't know what the word is. It's not dangerous, but it can it can lead to yeah, some some you know, just some kind of self worth, mental health issues down the track. I know that I had a, a you know close friend who probably not the right example, but you know had gave everything to their their, their son, um, and you know stopped her career, etc. And then anyway. He, grew on to get, end up being high school. She homeschooled, you know, and, um, and he went on to, to start high school and eventually, um, um, you know, she came out the side, other end of, of motherhood and had dedicated every ounce of her being to, to raising this kid the best way possible. And then she basically went into a period where she was lost and, and she didn't know who she was anymore. Um, and because uh, there's certain years pass and then you pass into your late forties at that point, um, it was really hard for her to like find an identity again. And, you know, maybe that's just one place that it could lead to, but I, yeah, I, I really believe that, um, yeah, that mothers should be going out and trying to be who they want to be or, you know, trying to be true to whatever that is that, however that is that they want to kind of realize themselves or express themselves. And, and it's not a bloody sort of a handbrake. Um, yeah, just a stopper. <laughs> um, when you do have, kids. yeah, and I think that's true for a lot of women, and and I'm kind of experiencing that with some of my friends who have older kids who are now all in school, and all of a sudden they have all this time, right? And mm. they're asking this question around like, well, who am I, yeah. you know, um, as an individual? And I don't think that we necessarily like set mums up in a way that 
allows them to ask those questions at an early stage and figure out, you know, what are, you know, who do I want to be outside of, of being a mom? Um, and I think that's a really valid question. Um, Cause even, you know, if I wasn't a mom and I was, you know, just doing mumly, um, I would, I still have interests in like a million other things that you're pursuing. You know, you never just doing one thing fully. But yeah, with moms, that seems to be, you know, you almost don't have the brain capacity to think of anything else if you're fully submerged into it. Um, so I think we almost need to be forcing moms to ask themselves those questions. Like, what do you want for yourself? You know, in 10 years time, like, what do you want to be doing? And, yeah, that's right. and who do you want to be? And so you can avoid these, these instances because it is like, I don't think that the story you told is um, like an anomaly. I think that there's, that's the majority. I find myself over the years having the conversation with mums that train in our gym, Paul, you'd have this conversation a lot too, where they're trying to, they're at home, they're trying to raise kids. They're trying to, you know, look after the house, whatever. They're, they're, they're really in the thick of like young mum kind of life where it really is like, okay, you probably don't have much capacity to think of anything else right at this moment. Um, but they're trying to get back in touch with their training or keep their training going and get to the gym a few times a week. And, you know, and the conversation often goes to like, look, I can, I can get down here, but I just, you know, leaving the house at night and leaving the kids, I feel guilty, you know, like walking away from yeah. them. And then, you know, there's me like early thirties, like fit dude. I'm like, no, nah, you got to put yourself first. Like, I, <laughs> you know, like I know all about this shit. And, uh, <laughs> and, you, and I always feel like really, you know, like out of my depth, you know, even so I feel more in my depth. Um, these days because I'm, you know, whatever, got a kid, but, um, but this, you know, I, I see that kind of dilemma and I think about through this conversation, I think about some of the mums that train at our gym and you're like, fuck, you can see the hustle that they're putting on to like make it oh, work. Yeah. The kids in there, sometimes they're like babysitting someone else's kids. And so they turn up here with like five kids. They're just trying to get like three sets of squats done. Like just, if I can just do three sets, I'm happy. And, and none of the kids dies. It's, you know, it's just like, <laughs> I'm like, fuck, that's, that's the reality for a lot of folks. Oh, man, it is. And you touched on mom guilt a little bit. And it is, that is powerful juice, that stuff. Like, my God, that <laughs> just on a daily, on a daily basis, I don't think there's an instance where I don't, you know, question, like, am I doing this right? Or am I doing a good job? And that's all you really want to feel, right, at the end of the day. But, you know, moms are just, they're just, incredible and i i have so much um i have so much respect and admiration for you know those moms who do choose to like show up at the gym and, and you know they choose themselves because it does like you are fighting against that i should stay home and you know read you this book while you're eating your dinner and i you know you, that's what your brain tells you you should do so it does take a lot of courage to be like no you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna go do my three sets of squats tonight and I'm going to go do something for me. And that's really important. And cause yeah, mom guilt, my God, like I don't think anybody's immune to that shit. That's that one's really tough. Yeah. That's a powerful force of nature. That's obviously been honed over many hundreds of thousands of years to make sure that kids get looked after because the dads are off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it probably is, you know, from an evolutionary standpoint, I, I'm pretty good. A pretty good um a tactic to just make sure kids stay alive um but yeah i know we deal with it in the office like we have a lot of moms there who are in the office and um 
you know, kids sick at home or something happens or, you know, their kids in daycare and you can see like they get a call and they're just, they're shattered. You know, they're like, they, they just feel like I should be there. This shouldn't be happening. I shouldn't be in here, you know, working on my career. I, I should be with them. Um, and that's like totally irrational, right? It's just like, your kid will be fine. They're tougher than we think. All will be well. You're fine. You know, but it is this like constant battle of like the irrational versus like rational way of thinking about it. And um, there's so much emotion because you just, you've never loved something so like much more in your life than these little beings and all you want is to do right by them. Um, and that can take over your decision-making in a lot of, in a lot of ways. And I think it's, yeah, for me anyway, it's a constant battle every day of like weighing up like, okay, Mel, the individual, Mel, the mom, and how do I balance this out? And how do I show up for each of, how do I show up for myself? How do I show up for my kid? How do I show up for my partner? How do I show up for my business? Um, and you're constantly just like juggling and balancing and trying to figure out where, where that makes sense on a, on a daily basis. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's, it's a lot of work, but it's life. Hey, it's a life. Mm -hmm. Mel, I think, um, I think that's a really good spot for us to wrap it up. Um, can you, uh, did you have any kind of, you know, closing, any kind of closing thought you wanted to share and, or, um, where can people find out about Mumly? How can they get in touch? How can they get, you know, see what you're offering? Oh, wow. Closing remarks. My gosh. I feel like I'm on a Ted talk. I've just got to like, I mean, you know, drop the mic, mic drop at the end here. <laughs> I feel obliged. It's more if there was something that you were like, Oh, I really want to tell you guys this, but you didn't ask me, you know? Oh, no, I feel like we had a really good chat. Um, I mean, I'm sure after, you know, there's always like, hang up the phone and you're like, oh, I should have said this and would have said this. And um, I mean, obviously I've got a million and one opinions about, you know, being a mom and, and what that looks like in today's day and age and how we can improve it um, and trying to do that over at Mumly. So you can find us, I think, just either on socials, I think Mumly app or our website, mumly.com. Um, but if you're interested in what we're doing and kind of curious and wondering what's this crazy chick been on about for an hour, um, you can go check that out. So yeah. And that's, um, M U M L I, isn't it? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I think we didn't, we could have gone all sorts of places. I would have liked to have talked about, or just to hear your opinion on, on the whole birth thing. Cause we, we chatted earlier on about it. Um, but you know, I think maybe we could get together again. Um, you know, it, maybe it's a year's time or something because one, your app will be launched Two, you'll yep. be mother of two. Yeah. Um, Joy, your kid will be one. It'd be cool to catch up later and we can go into more on another call, eh? Yeah, no, I'd love to. I mean, he's due in about six weeks and we're planning a home birth and we've got all that set up. So I'd love to talk through that experience and I'm just so excited. And um, yeah, like mom of two, maybe I'll just be humbled and I'll come on here and be like, guys, don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> I had it all wrong. Oh my God. <laughs> That's going to be beautiful. Yeah, no, we're so excited and um, already feel like he's part of the family, you know, but a bit, bit louder on the outside. <laughs> uh, we're super stoked for you. Yeah, it's, um, I wish you all the best with, with that and, and I guess, you know, we'll hear from you um, around that time anyways. Does he, does he have a name yet or is this under wraps? He does, but it's a surprise. Fair enough. I like that. Do you want to break the <laughs> brother's podcast? <laughs> like my whole family finds out on your podcast. That's right. <laughs> cool. Thanks so much for having me, guys. It's so nice to catch up. No, absolute pleasure. Thanks for joining us and um, we'll catch up with you soon.
Thanks. All right. Cheers. See ya. Bye.